Hey y'all, welcome back to Crime, Critics, and Chaos. My name is Shivani. And I'm Shaylin. And, and we're, we're your hosts. You guys, we genuinely enjoy doing research for our cases and recording together, and we hope you guys love listening just as much. Absolutely. <laughs> we have two episodes out now, and they're both very different from each other, so please go check them out and let us know what you think. Yes, please, please, please go check out those episodes. Episode one is the Yoga Shop Murders. Episode two is the Disappearance of Tasha Shantae Wright. So if you have not checked those out already, what are you waiting for? Yeah, you're not doing anything with your life. You might as well go check them out. <laughs> check them out, y'all. <laughs> uh, so with that being said, we have a couple of shout-outs for the week. Yay, let's Ready? get into the shout-outs. All right, so our first shout-out goes to Miss Erica LaCia. My Woo! best friend. Go, Erica. Miss <laughs> Erica, y'all, has been so supportive in this podcast. She has been posting on Facebook, social media. Definitely only was right for us mm-hmm. to do her. Yeah, thank you, Erica. <laughs> <laughs> and the second shout-out goes to Mr. Gerard Ross, my Woo! classmate. Go, Gerard. Now, next to Erica, Gerard, yes. you've seen him I've on seen Facebook. I've very <laughs> active on Facebook. Thank you so much, Gerard. Yes. Um, and we're also Facebook friends now. Oh, really? Yeah, we are. I did not know that. <laughs> so, yes, huge, huge, huge shout-out to Mr. Gerard. Thank you so much for what you do. Thank you. We appreciate you. And the last shout-out goes to our sponsor. Well, at least one of our sponsors. Yes, one of our sponsors. Let's give a big, huge shout-out to Hugo, Hugo Granados. <laughs> um, Hugo's done really well at sponsoring us and supporting us as well. So, thank you so much. Thank you, Hugo. You are definitely appreciated, and you do not go unnoticed. That's for sure. <laughs> Um, with that being said, we actually have an announcement. Yes. We actually have a couple announcements, so let's get into our first one. Our first one is going to be our new sponsor. Uh-huh. The business name is called Everything Brows and Beauty. Yes. Tia Edwards is a certified and professional makeup artist. Mm-hmm. Um, she's actually located in Houston, Texas. Yes. And she does makeup and she does brows and she actually has an Instagram page. So please go check her out on her Instagram, which is everything, I'm sorry, at everything brows underscore beauty. Yes. Um, so go check her out. Please Again, go that's check her out. At everything brows underscore beauty. Um, and so with that being said, let's go ahead and talk about today's case. What is today's case? Though? <laughs> well, so the previous two cases that we've done so far, the first one has been a cold case, mm-hmm. um, which was the yogurt shop murders. And then the second one was the disappearance case, which is um, the disappearance of Tasha Wright. Mm-hmm. Um, so today I have decided to tell you guys the story of the Texarkana phantom serial killer. Oh, I love serial killer really? stories. So <laughs> I am so ready for this story. I cannot wait. Really? Have you heard about the Texarkana Phantom Killer? A little bit. Not too, too much. That's why I'm excited because I'm sure you have some information that I did not know. (laughs) Hopefully. So let's go ahead and get into our sources. Our first source is nydailynews.com. Then we have txktoday.com. And then we have tigertimesonline.com, which is basically where I pulled the map up of where these murders took place. Um, And finally, we have the vault.fbi.gov, and this is a site where the police have released over a thousand pages of archive related to this case. Wow. Yeah. Everything's available online. So if anyone's interested, you can go and check that out. Um, It's all online. You can see everything related to this case as far as what the police have. So are you ready to get into this case? I am ready to get into this case. All right. So as you guys know, (laughs) Shaylin and I are a huge fan of Stella Rosa wine. So we're back at you again (laughs) with Stella Rosa again. So are you ready to wine and cry? I am ready to wine and cry. Let's wine and cry. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) Um, So the attacks of the Phantom Killer started on February 22nd of 1946 in a small town of Texarkana, 
which is super close to the border of Texas and Arkansas. Mm. Um, I know not a lot of people probably know where Texarkana is, um, but just to kind of give you guys a idea of where it is, it's near the border of Arkansas and Texas. Mm -hmm. um, so we're gonna start going into our first couple, which is Jimmy Hollis and Mary Larry. Again, keep in mind this happened in 1946. So wow. this was 76 years ago, guys. 76? 76 years ago. <laughs> I think we just keep going all the way back. <laughs> yeah, like, that is true. We keep going back and back and back. So, I mean, maybe next time our case could be like from like the 1800s or something. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't think anybody would be interested in <laughs> Probably <today. laughs> not. Um, I was actually shocked, though, when I heard that it was 1946. I didn't realize it was this long ago. Yeah, but that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Jimmy and Mary, they were having a movie date, and then after their movie date, they went ahead and went on to Lover's Lane, and that's otherwise known as North Park Lane. Okay. Uh, but they called it Lover's Lane because that's kind of where all of the couples went to, um, I guess, hang out. Right. After their date. It's like a private, secluded area, um, you know, that couples could go I mean, hence and Lover's out. Lane. Yeah, Lover's Lane. <laughs> it's really, really cute. Yeah. I wish, I wish like, there were things like that in the Dallas area, and I'm sure there are, but I guess because we live, like, mm -hmm. right in the city limits, there's probably not anything called Lover's Lane. I mean, we have a street called Lover's Lane. Oh, we, oh yeah. But yeah, I mean, but like, not, an actual... Not like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, it was around 11.40 p.m. that night, um, and then, of course, you know, Mary and... Jimmy were just outside um, in their vehicle, just kind of talking, getting to know each other. When a man appeared with a pillowcase over his head with the eyes cut out. A pillowcase. A pillowcase with the eyes cut out, which is so odd to me. Like, I wonder what they were thinking when they saw him. Because I would have been like, I would have thought it was a joke. I would have been like, who is this person trying to, like, right? you know, like, trying to... <laughs> scare us like yeah. as a joke I wouldn't have taken it seriously at all and it no. seems like they didn't either because they actually opened their doors for him why though no idea <laughs> but they did they probably thought the same thing I mean it's a pillowcase how seriously can you take a man with a pillowcase over his head <laughs> that's creepy though like I wouldn't I would never open my door for anybody like that right I mean or they probably thought that he probably you know he had the wrong car or whatever but no even you know. then no no <laughs> we're not doing that um so they opened the car door for him and then the man tells the couple that he was not there to kill him and that they had to do what he said so the man tells them to get out of the car and then begins to beat Jimmy in the head with a pistol knocking him out so, yeah, he beat him super hard with a pistol until he was completely um, unconscious on the ground. Meanwhile, Mary escapes. However, the phantom catches up to her and also sexually assaults her with the barrel of his gun. Are you serious? Yeah. Which, I mean, at this point, like, I just, you know, usually when you're going to get sexually assaulted, people, predators do it themselves. Yeah. Um, but at this point, he's basically dehumanizing her by using an object to right. do it rather than, you know, doing it himself. Um, Jimmy, who had lost consciousness, wakes up and tracks down a car driving down the street and calls 911. Soon as the phantom leaves, Mary also runs to find help and dials 911 from a neighboring home. Okay, so Jimmy, he got knocked unconscious. He regains conscience mm -hmm. and... He started chasing the car? No, no, no. He, oh. like, there was a car that was going down the street, and oh, he okay. basically chased down a car that was like a random car. Oh, and he gotcha. was like, okay. you know, hey, I need help. This is what's going on. Um, and Mary also, you know, escaped. Well, she doesn't escape, but the phantom leaves after, you know, doing what he needed to do with her. And mm -hmm. then she also runs to a neighboring home and calls 911 as well. Okay. But by the time police get there, of course, he's gone. Of course he is. <laughs> Mary was taken to the hospital and she was treated for minor wounds. 
However, Jimmy was hospitalized for several days in order to recover from his multiple skull fractures. So he beat him so hard Jesus. that he had multiple skull fractures. And certain sources also said that he was in a coma for a couple of days. But again, I don't know if these sources were true or not. Hmm. But minor wounds. Well, she was treated for minor wounds. Mary was. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But Well, she was sexually assaulted with the barrel of a, of a gun. Yeah. That's... So it's kind of like a sex toy. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like looking at it. But that she way. wasn't beat the way he was. Like, he he didn't beat her the way he beat him. Okay. So she was pretty much, I mean, she's a woman, so I'm pretty sure that he just kind of controlled her. He was able okay. to control her and control her enough with his strength to where he could sexually assault her with an object. And then once he was done doing that, he was done with her. He didn't, like, beat her or anything like that. Okay. And, I mean, I don't know how much she was restraining but I've always said this. I feel like if I were to ever get attacked, I don't, I mean, if I, I say this, and again, it's the way we say things and the way we actually do things are very right. different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always said that if I know that somebody can overpower me, I'm not even going to try to fight it. You know, like. Because I feel like it make it worse. Yeah, yeah. So, and she might have been doing the same thing. She's probably like, he's already doing what he's doing. I'm not, you know, no matter how much I fight back, it's not going to help me in any kind of way. And it's just that you have to think about it that way. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Um, so both Mary and Jimmy's stories contradicted, though, on who the man was. And, of, mm-hmm. of course, he was wearing a pillowcase, so they couldn't really see who he was. Right. Um, but Mary stated that the attacker looked to be a light-skinned African-American man based off of, I guess, like, I guess the pillowcase is probably flying everywhere while he's trying to attack them, and okay. she probably saw, like, a little bit of skin and kind of assumed that it was a light-skinned African-American man. But Jimmy explained that the attacker was a tanned white man. So their stories were contradicting, and therefore they weren't able to kind of develop a um, like a description of who the killer could be because their stories didn't match up. Hmm. Not surprised. Yeah. The only thing that the two agreed on, though, was that the assailant was tall and around six foot. That's the only thing that they were kind of like agreeing on. Everything else, like there were two complete different um, descriptions on the man. Okay. Um, so a month later, on March 24th, so the first couple was attacked on um, February 22nd, uh-huh. and then the second attack happened on March 24th, so just shy, two, day, two days shy of um, a month, basically. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's when the second couple was attacked, and that is Richard Griffin and Polly Moore. Okay. They were also attacked on Lover's Lane, and they were later found in Richard's car the next day by a motorist. So they were found, and they were not found alive. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. So thank you for clarifying So the that. first couple survived, but the second one didn't. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So Richard was found in the front two seats, mm-hmm. like kind of in the middle of the front two seats, and he was said to have been found like on his knees, which is weird. In a car? Yeah, in a car. And then Polly was found um, in the back seat laying face down, which is probably normal. Like I yeah. could see that, but mm-hmm. like Richard's body was... A super awkward position from what I right. read. Was it in the front seat? Was he in the front seat? He was or? in the middle, like in the con- like on top of the console, like in the middle of the two. On like his the, knees? Yes, on his knees. I can't picture that. I'm That's, sorry. Yeah. Um, and then they both had been shot in the back of the head multiple times. Jesus. Now, both were fully clothed, so there were no signs of sexual attacks on either of them. Um, but because of the amount of blood found on the like ground near the car, mm-hmm. they kind of assumed that the two were shot outside of the car and killed outside of the car and that the killer placed the two bodies inside the vehicle, which makes sense as to why maybe Richard's body was found in an awkward position. But yeah. not really, because why would you make a 
body like sit on his knees right you know the way he positioned that body is just weird like i can't but maybe he was trying to make him fit knees. maybe he was like a tall i didn't look up to see how tall yeah. richard was but maybe it was because you know he was probably a big guy and he just you know was trying to like shove him in there to make him fit and that's the only way he can make him fit in the front i don't know how big the car was or what kind of car they were driving mm-hmm. but that's the only thing that makes sense to me yeah but like to me i'm like why didn't you stick polly in the front and right. like throw Richard in the back. I mean, it could also what could be uh, something is that he he could have placed him in another position and he could have leaned over. Oh yeah, yeah. That that could have put him in theory. another position. You know, sometimes, you know, you kind of just lean over or go to the side. You know, that part that's part of what happened. Yeah, yeah. I just don't see him putting him in that particular position. Right. Like that. It's just all right. Yeah. But who knows? Um, so that's the second couple. There wasn't really much information on the second couple um, other than the fact that they passed away and that they were found in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they weren't alive to kind of, you know, tell the investigators what happened. So yeah. all we know is that, you know, a month later, on Lover's Lane, in a vehicle, we found two more bodies. Jesus. So another month later, on April 14th, high school sweethearts Paul Martin and Betty Booker were also welcomed to the same unfortunate fate. So I say high school sweethearts because Paul and Betty were both still in high school. They were our youngest couple attacked. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, so they had gone on a date that night as well, um, and then I guess they had somehow made their way to Lover's Lane, mm-hmm. like all couples do. Um, and then the same thing happened to them that happened to the first two couples, unfortunately. Paul Martin was found laying on his left side, and he was shot four times. But he was not in a vehicle. He was, like, laying on a field, like, in, on the road of Lover's oh, Lane. So they just found his body. And, of course, like I said, he was shot four times. However, Betty nor Paul's car was not in sight, and a search party was conducted to find her and the car. So he wasn't near his car or her at, at any, mm. like, so they, they looked around. they found him, but not her immediately. Yes. They found him because somebody found him probably, like, walking by or driving by. Because okay. his body wasn't really covered much. Um but they didn't find her like immediately or the vehicle. So they did like a search party around that area to see if they could find her and the vehicle. Mm. So Betty was found approximately two miles away from Paul and she had also been shot twice, once in the head and once in the heart. Wow. Yeah. The Phantom Killer is changing his motives. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he is. Yeah. And he's doing different things. And 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 I almost started to think, I'm like, I wonder if they're all even related. But there's no way that they can't be because they're all right after one another. They're all on the same road. Mm-hmm. And they're all, you know, couples. Yeah. So, I mean, it's more than likely not, a, you know, it, they're definitely related. Definitely, definitely related for sure. But I also think that, you know, the couples probably, like, fought back in some kind of way because it didn't it doesn't make sense why the two of them were found in two separate you know locations i mean i know it was only two miles away which is not that much but that's still a lot on foot that is you know it is and i haven't even told you about the vehicle yet so Mm -hmm. paul's vehicle was found one and a half mile away from betty's body i'm sorry uh paul's car was found three miles away from betty's body and one and a half miles away from paul's body yeah, so the vehicle was found in a different location, Betty was found in a different location, and Paul was found in a different location. Um, but that's what I was thinking. I was like trying to figure out what could have happened, and I think the first couple probably didn't like really fight back, and they probably did what the Phantom Killer told them to do. Mm-hmm. And so it was easy for him to just kill them on the spot, do whatever he needed to do, and then throw them in the car. Right. But I think with Paul and Betty, they might have fought back, and 
you know, they probably Possibly. escaped. The both of them probably could have escaped in their own kind of ways. And he probably chased them both down. I don't know. It, it, with one man and two people, it's kind of hard to chase two different people down going different yeah, directions. Yeah, that's true. But again, I don't know if they were going different directions. I think that the two of them could have ran in the same direction. He caught up to them. Right. Killed one of them. And then while he was killing the one of them, the other one escaped in right. like a different direction. And then he caught up to them. Very, And yep. killed them. And that's why all three were found in different locations. That but that's is, just my theory. No, that's actually a very good theory, for sure. Yeah. Another piece of evidence that linked the second and third murders together was the gun that was used in both murders. So it was the same gun. Ballistic reports show that it was the same gun used in both murders. Okay. So that's how we know that it's one killer. Um, so I'm going to, at this point, I'm going to go ahead and show you the map okay. of where everything happened. So... So right now we're looking at the maps of the location of the murders. Yes. So the first thing I'm going to show, or the first location I'm going to show you is going to be um, where Paul Martin was found. Okay. <laughs> um, and this is where he was found. So okay. there's not really any houses. I mean, there's a house like way kind of down the street. Mm -hmm. But as you can see, it's just a road. It's like a country road. Yeah, definitely a country road. Filled with trees. Definitely a lot of wooded areas. And there is an intersecting street as well, but um, that street is also kind of the same way. Mm -hmm. It's just like a secluded street, and then down the street, a little further down, you'll see a couple of houses. Um, but, I mean, if they're screaming, I wonder if these houses could hear, like the occupants of those houses can hear. If they were there. It, that's true. Yeah. And, I mean, it is the country, so you probably hear things all the time. So maybe, like, them screaming wasn't something that they heard. I'm not sure. Well, as a person that is from the country, um, we don't hear much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I would not be surprised if they did not hear anything. Right. And, like I said, we don't even know if those houses were there back in 1946. That's so. true. That's true. This is the second one, and this is where Betty Booker was found. Um, and you could see houses near okay. this location a lot. Like, there's houses yeah. right down that street where she was found. So that this one I was really confused on because I was like, really, this many houses and no one really, like, heard mm -hmm. anything, you know? But like I said, it could have been, you know. Yeah, there could have. It could have nev never been there. That's All true. That, 76 been, years is a there. long time, guys. So yeah. that's probably, you know, very That could have been what it is, yeah. for all we know. That's so. true. Um, and then, so you can kind of see that the two bodies were kind of found together. Right. I mean, they mm -hmm. were still like two to three miles apart from everything. But mm -hmm. uh, the third one, which is where um, Polly and Richard were found, is still on that street, but right. further down, way further down. And th that scenery looks like this. Um, Okay. And this this is just like a cornfield. Like, it's not a lot of trees mm -hmm. that's surrounding the street, but it's like a field. And there's no houses. So I can see that sense. looking like that in 1946. Yes, this actually looks like a yeah. uh, 1946, um, like the way that, the how, scene. yeah, the scene would look in 1946. Definitely. And we will post this on our social media. So mm -hmm. check us or check these um, images out of the map on, yeah, we'll post on Instagram. Um, so I just wanted to kind of show you that so you can kind of get an idea of what the street looked like. Because yeah. I was curious. I had to look it up. I of wanted course, to see. girl. We always have to look it up. You know? <laughs> always, it's better to always get a visual. Yes. Yeah. Um, so now we're going to talk about the fifth and final attack okay. um, that happened less than a month later on May 3rd, around 9 p.m. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to see very many, or not see rather, but hear, very many different details than the first three um, attacks. So this one uh, was actually happened at a home, inside mm -hmm. of a home. And it happened in the home of Virgil and Katie Starks. 
and it was about 10 to 20 miles away from Texarkana. So it wasn't even on Lover's Lane. It was like miles away from there. Mm. Um, but, you know, 1946 in a small town of Texarkana or near there, you know, you don't see much crime. Yeah. So when this happened, less than a month later, you know, I think that people just kind of associated the crimes all together. Because it doesn't happen often. So they're like, it has to be associated. Yeah, and rightfully so, honestly. Right. Yeah. Um, so Virgil was shot twice through a closed window while reading the paper. So he was just sitting in a chair, reading his paper, doing his thing. Minding his business. Yep, minding his business, and someone just shot him twice through a closed window. Are you serious? So his wife, Katie, heard the shots and came running to see what happened, and all she saw was Virgil collapsing, so she immediately knew what was going on, and she ran into another room to call the police. Mm-hmm. However, it was too late, and she was shot twice in the face. Oh my god. And she was also said to have been shot like through a window, but some sources did say that at that point he was already in the house. Mm-hmm. And while she was running, you know, he caught up to her and shot her twice in the face. Here's the crazy thing though. Even though she's shot twice in the face, she's still able to move. Like she's still fighting for her life, trying to get help. Oh, she's a warrior. Yes. So she got herself up to go and find their gun, but was blinded by her own blood. Yeah. Girl, mm. she had blood dripping all over her face. She couldn't see. So she's like, I don't even think I can find this gun because I can't see. But the fact that she even got up. Yes. While being shot twice. Not once, but twice, twice in the face. In her face. Yeah. And you know what's weird to me? Before I started reading this, I've always thought that, you know, when you get shot in the head or in the face, mm-hmm. even if it's just once, if it, like, hits you anywhere, whether it grazes you, hits you, whatever, I kind of thought that that was it. Like, you're, right. you're, you're, you're no longer alive. But I guess, yeah, I guess, you you know, that's not always the case. No, it's not. (laughs) So she heard the killer in the back of the house and decided to just flee through the front door instead since she couldn't find the gun. So she ran to a nearby neighbor's home and called the police. So not only did you get shot twice in your face, you're running to a neighbor's house. Like, that is true dedication. Yes. She really wanted to save her own life, which good for her because I would have been like, you know what, sir? Kill me. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but I really, truly do not think that I would have that much motivation to I just be getting yeah. up and going running to a neighbor house for help. I'm sorry. Like, being shot twice in the mm-hmm. face, that is so scary. Yeah. And, like, after, you know, she went to the hospital and everything. She survived, thankfully. Um, wow. Obviously, Virgil didn't. Yeah. But um, she survived, and she just couldn't remember, like, you know. And, of mm. course, she's shot in the face, so she probably is traumatized, and right. she couldn't remember, you know, what... She kind of remembered what happened, but she definitely couldn't remember anything about the killer. Of course. But did they say where, in, like, in the area of the face she was shot at? Like, no. They... Okay, so the reason I'm asking is because I was automatically thinking that she got shot twice in her forehead. Right. And that's why the blood was, like, dropping or right. dripping, rather, on her eyes. Okay, so, so she I wonder see. if she got maybe on her cheek. You know, it, yeah. different areas. Your face, of course. You could be shot anywhere on your face. Yeah. So. And, I mean, your face is a small feature. I mean, depending on, you know, the way your face is structured. Mm-hmm. But she could have been shot in two different areas of her face. Because right. I feel like if it was, if you were shot in the same area of your face, it's too big of a wound right. in the same area. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, yeah, they didn't really say... That's I'm sure it's crazy, in though. one of those thousand pages archives, but I'm I sure it is. <laughs> Definitely, I, I didn't get a chance to look at all that. But that is still crazy. Even <laughs> if you got shot in your forehead or your cheek, mm-hmm. you got shot twice. Yeah, and she ran to another person's home to call police. <laughs> wow. Um, so two years later, so now we're at November of 1948. Uh, investigators no longer considered the Starks murder connected to the Phantom killing. So that fifth 
uh, crime that we just talked about with the Virgil mm-hmm. and Katie, they basically told us that that's probably more than likely not related to the Phantom Killer killings, which was the first, second, and third, and fourth um, attacks slash murder. The reason I'm saying attacks is because the first couple was not murdered, they were just attacked, but the second and third and fourth were. And just how I was saying um, earlier, that it seems like the killer is switching his motive. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I definitely um, still think it's the same killer, though. Yes. Definitely. You think that the... I was going to ask you, do you think that the fifth murder um, with uh, the Starks family, or the Starks couple, rather, do you think that that's uh, something that was done by the Phantom Killer, or you don't think it's related? I think there's a strong possibility, for sure. Okay, so I'll give you a little bit more data. Okay. <laughs> um, so it made sense to me when they came out with this information two years later, because they then told us that there was a different gun used in this crime rather than the other two, three crimes that, you know, happened. So he used a rifle, or not he, but whoever, you know, killed Mm -hmm. Virgil and attacked Katie used a rifle rather than a pistol. I mean, but that would kind of make a little bit more sense. I mean, he could have used a different weapon. But to me, also, the MO didn't match up to what he was kind of, like, the victims that he was choosing to kill. Because Mm -hmm. this couple was an older couple. They were not young. They were, like, in their, like, 30s and 40s. They were not young. Whereas the other couples were young couples. But that's what I'm saying. I I don't want to quickly debunk that because... Right. People like this, serial killers, when they know they're close to getting caught, they start switching their motives. They know, and I'm glad you said that because that's actually what I really just wrote next (laughs) to (laughs) to tell you guys. Um, That, you know, I mean, at this point, that's like, what, four or five murders? So they know, or he knows, Mm -hmm. that the police are probably staking out Lover's Lane all night, every single day. And so he's like, I'm going to have to change, you know, my area. Which kind of comes to my third reasoning as to why maybe this killing wasn't, you know, related to the phantom killings because the house was 10 miles away from the hunting ground, which I'm going to call Lover's Lane. Mm -hmm. Um, But the timing of the attack is what bothered the town since the town never really saw the crimes as heinous as they were before. Mm -hmm. So that's when the phantom crimes began and they just kind of figured, well, because of all this happening all at the same time, they have to be related. And that's kind of why everybody assumed that it was the same killer. I believe it, it yeah. might be, for sure. And, of course, as you can tell since I said two years later, in between um, the Starks killing and then um, 1948, there were no killings after that. That was just that was the last murder that they associated with the Phantom Killer. That's also another reason why I feel like it was the same killer. You think the Phantom Killer kind of was like, like that was his stopping point with Virgil? He was like, yep, they can't do this anymore. Yeah, because he was getting too close to getting caught. Yeah. But he could have moved. He could have moved to a different city. He could have. And he could have been another serial killer in somewhere Somewhere else. else. Yep, that is true. That's really Mm. good um, analyzing. (laughs) That is. Um, So these five attacks led Texarkana to be known as the town that dreaded sundown. So if you ever hear the town that dreaded sundown, that is Texarkana. I always heard that, but I never knew what town they were talking about. So, wow. Yeah. Now I know. Look, I just learned something you know. new. <laughs> um, so there were around 400 suspects that were arrested and are questioned related to the phantom killings. Oh, here we go with the suspects. Yep. I mean, we did this, We found this out with the, you know, the phantom, not the phantom, I'm sorry, the yogurt uh, shop murders. There was, what, 350? Girl, yes. Um, and now we're, you know, 400. And, of course, these are five different murders and five different well not five one attack and then of course four mm-hmm. murders after that so um you know that's a lot of suspects 400 
suspects. Yeah. Some were false confessions and others did not hold up evidence for a conviction, so no one was really officially convicted. Now, if you look up this case online, you'll see several people's names that were associated um, to being the phantom killer, but they were never convicted because they never found enough proof to convict them. That's the mystery. Yep. So Shaylin and I are huge psychology fans. (laughs) Um, So I wanted to kind of tell you guys uh, a theory that Dr. Anthony LaPaula, I want to say that's how you say his name, he's a psychologist at the Federal Correctional Institution of Texarkana, and he believed that at the time the killer was planning to continue to make unexpected attacks such as that of Virgil Starks on the outskirts of town. He also believed that the same person committed all five murders, just like you, Shaylin, Mm -hmm. And that the killer was somewhere between his mid-30s and 50s, which is a broad age range. That's a big gap. That's a big gap. I'm sorry, that's way too big of a gap. (laughs) Um, Apparently, he's motivated by a strong sex drive and sadism, like you said. Okay. Shaylin has literally been spot on throughout this whole case. So you know I'm a crime junkie. Yeah, crime (laughs) junkie and her is definitely getting to her. Um, La Pella also stated that a person who would commit such crimes was intelligent, clever, shrewd, and often not apprehended. I do not not agree with it. Yes. Um, according to La Pella's theories, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing his re- name wrong, I'm really sorry. I think you're pronouncing it right. <laughs> according to his theories, the killer was not afraid of the police activity, but was aware of the increased difficulty of attacking people on vacant roads, and so he had shifted his target to a farmhouse. Which is exactly mm, what you just said. Yep. <laughs> I'm telling you, Shaylin has her crime junkie hat on today. Girl. <laughs> um, he said that the killer could not be, or sorry, that he could be leading a normal life, but was unlikely a veteran. And he was not necessarily a resident of the area, despite his knowledge of it. Okay. He stated that the attacks show evidence of deep planning. He also stated that the killer was more than likely uh, working alone and tells no one of his crimes. I believe that. Like, he's very secretive. Yeah, I thought that too. I, I was like, that, that. Sounds, that sounds like um, the Phantom Killer. Like, I don't think that he would brag about this to no, anybody. Not at and all. he's probably like a very normal person. For example, Ted Bundy. Very normal. Please do not get me started with Ted Bundy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, 76 years later, the Phantom Killer still remains free and unfound. I mean, at this point, he's probably, like I said, probably not alive. Yes. Um, we're, we were never sure if he ever got apprehended or not. I don't know if they had DNA on him from any of the crime scenes. I don't know if they were ever um, tested with any any other, you know, crimes. Again, DNA was probably, not probably, definitely. DNA was very, um, very hard to test back in the day, yeah, especially definitely. in the 1940s. 1946. So, um, but they never, I don't think, you know, because it happened so long ago and the crime stopped, I don't think that the police really cared enough to, like, dig deeper to find out who it really was like years later of course not of course not (laughs) i mean i mean they have you know killers to find that you know the crimes occurred just now you know and so they're probably not worried about trying to find the phantom killer when he stopped his activity after three months Mm -hmm. um but or four or five months yeah it's about yeah between three or five months yeah yeah so do you think that the phantom killer is still alive Oh, I definitely do not think he's still alive. If he is, Jesus, he lived a long life. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, we don't even know how old he was at the time. Yeah. He could have been in his 40s, 50s. Yeah. We don't Cause, know. Because, I mean, you know, based off of the psychologist, he believes that it's between 30s and 50s. So. Yeah, so I definitely don't think he's alive. Yeah, unless he lived to be 100, and if that's the case, like, good for you. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't think that his he's His conscience is definitely eating him up. Is it, he... though? Because... 
at this point, if he never turned himself in or he never got caught, I don't think that he had a conscience at all, which is true. Which makes sense because, I mean, how can you commit such heinous crimes and not have a conscience at all to even tell a single soul for anyone to know a single thing? Exactly. Because no one knew, like, no one had, there were no witnesses, of course, but no one even had any theories as far as who they think it could have been. It was just, like, a random killer out on the streets of a small town. It just seemed like it was like, okay, this is another day of killing. Yep. Like, nothing, nothing else. Yeah. Do you think he's alive? I don't think he's alive either. I think I don't think he was ever caught. I think that he kind of ran his course for those first couple of months. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of, I don't know if, you know, those people that are like, you know, running their course for a while and then they come back to reality. I think he probably came back to reality and was like, yep, can't do this anymore. I need to stop and just stopped. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, he could have, if he was like, you know, if he wanted to, he could have moved and that could be a case. That is a possibility that right. he could have moved and definitely, you know, but if he's le- leading a normal life, I think felt like more than likely he was married and if he was married and had children or whatever i don't think that he would just pick up and move just randomly right um so and but then again like if you had the urge to kill you know month after month i feel like you know after each kill you're kind of getting more confident and you're you're getting that high more to keep doing it it's like drugs I mean, I know they're not comparable, but let's just compare them. You know, it's like drugs. Like, when you start doing it once, and then you start getting addicted. So, I feel like he could have gotten, you know, killers get addicted to killing when they start getting away with it. Especially serial killers. And that's yeah. why they become serial killers, because they get addicted to killing. Yeah, they, it actually is considered drugs. Yeah. So, yeah. See? If you do look at it that way, mm-hmm. killing like that is actually considered like a drug. Like a drug some, addiction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so if it was like an addiction for him, he would have kept going, you know, but, mm. and he might have, but if he was someone who was married with a family, I just think that it, was, it would be hard for him to just pick up and leave and start doing it again, you know? Right. But there was, there would definitely be some suspicions with the wife. Yeah. We and say she that. She probably would have been like, you know, cause I've seen it in many cases, like Ted Bunny was one of them. Yeah. Ted was. Bunny was definitely one of them. If you know the Ted Bunny story. He was definitely one of them. And a lot of people may not know this, but his girlfriend actually was the one that gave his information to the police. Yeah, yeah. If you want, I mean, if, I think it's, um, you know, of course, not all the movies are like the actual, you mm-hmm. know, what actually happened. But the Ted Bundy movie on Netflix, if you guys haven't watched it, go ahead and check that out. But yes. um, that's actually what happens in the movie, too, mm-hmm. is that she's the one that kind of figures it out and calls the police. So it happens. Yeah. For sure, but... So, Shivani, I wanted to go back to your theory on the possibility that the killer actually moved and became a serial killer somewhere else. Right. That's very interesting to me. It is. And I, I do think it's possible, if, especially if he had no commitments to Texarkana or that area in general, mm-hmm. he could have easily just picked up and left. That is such a great observation. Um, so with that being said, uh, I wanted to ask you a question before that. Do you think that he may have still killed after that, but somewhere else? You know, now that we're talking, I, I actually do like that theory a little bit more yeah. you know if and the reason why is because like I was just talking about was that high I mean if you're on a roll kind of doing it month after month after month the only reason why I feel like you would stop psychologically would be because either you got caught or because you, you know you moved and you started doing it somewhere else mm. um, because you knew you were too close to getting caught right. and in a small town I mean you're definitely going to get caught eventually if you keep you know if you keep that up right so exactly. he that's actually a really I'm glad I kind of brought that up too I'm because glad you did too. I, I, I'm starting to support that theory of mine a little I'm bit more I'm definitely starting to support that as well because I honestly think that 
Well, I would say it like this. I don't think that he would just stop just like that. Yeah. I don't I don't just see him the way that the crimes took place and how, you know, I just don't see him stopping that quickly. Right. I just don't. Yeah. And I mean, you know, sometimes with killers like they they plan things in their heads before they actually commit them. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if he actually planned that attack on the first couple or whether it was like an impulse thing. But I mean, he had a whole like pillowcase on his head so I mean and it like the eyes were cut out so like you know you don't just have that laying around in your car I don't right. have that laying around in my car so <laughs> exactly. like if he was out you know looking for predators I'm, I'm assuming he had this planned if he had all of that on his you know person I'm sure in his he vehicle. did I'm sure he he definitely so did. he must have thought about this like multiple times and wanted to pursue this crime multiple times and found the perfect opportunity at that time mm-hmm. and he was probably stalking other couples there because I'm sure yeah, other I'm couples sure went was. there um, but unfortunately, that first couple, um, you know, they they were the first ones that were his uh, victims. Yeah. And even if we want to support the theory that he just stopped after those few months, mm-hmm. that kind of, to me, that kind of would kind of relate back to, did he actually target these people personally? Yeah. But they were not, none of these couples were um, associated in any way. So I'm saying. So mm-hmm. the only way it would be if he saw them previously on that same, you know, street or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I just think that they, you know, that he just had this impulse of wanting to commit crimes. And right. just decided that that. And I don't know what made him want to attack couples mm-hmm. rather than just one individual, knowing full well that he's just one person. Exactly. I mean, unless there was more than one person committing this cri- these crimes, but I don't I don't, I don't see that. I don't, I don't either. Uh, the evidence doesn't really relate you know, to, that, relate to well. that. Yeah. But that's the only reason why I said this, because if we're going to support that theory of him just committing those crimes in that short span of a time, then that would kind of, like, to me at least, it would kind of make it seem like, okay, well, he actually was planning on killing these particular mm-hmm. couples. Because I just don't see a person like him just committing those crimes and then just stopping altogether in like five yeah. months. That's the part that's bothering me yeah. too. I'm like, why did you do this for just a couple of months and then just stop out that's of nowhere? That's what I'm saying. I don't see that happening unless he actually had planned to kill those particular people uh-huh. for whatever reason that was. Yeah. And then another theory that just kind of popped into my head right now is that if, because like we're saying, you know, he had to have kept going, Like, there's no way that he just stopped, mm-hmm. you know. Um, if he didn't move, you know, and he didn't commit any more crimes after that in that area, then the next thing that I think that could have happened is that he might have committed suicide because of everything that he did and he just couldn't, he knew he couldn't keep doing it and he probably did have a guilty conscience and he might have committed suicide. But again, that's just a theory. That's a, that's a great theory though too because we've seen it happen to many people as well. Yeah. Serial killers, a lot of serial killers do commit suicide after a while. Yeah. So it's because not after, um, I guess after a while it's just, it becomes, the, the job of doing that mm-hmm. becomes boring and they don't have anything else to keep that high up. Right. You know? Like, a, like it's a drug. It's a drug. It's and they have, drug. Once you keep doing it, I guess like they just don't, you know, there's nothing else that's keeping them entertained. And so, and then they have obviously nothing else going for their lives if they are doing such heinous crimes like this. Mm -hmm. And so then they just commit suicide. I think I'm more stuck on the theory that he He moved. moved. Yeah, I think I (laughs) I think he moved (laughs) and I think that he became a serial killer somewhere else. And he's just, he honestly probably was never caught. Maybe he was caught. And And we just didn't know because they never, yeah, they never DNA tested to kind of match crimes. I agree. And you could definitely, back in those times, let's be honest, back in those times, you could have got away with anything. Yeah. Because they didn't have forensic evidence like they do now. They did not. They didn't have, they didn't have the tools like we do now. It was just totally like, oh, I'm going to kill you. And I'm going to get away with it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, I was actually reading some theories online, like on Reddit, mm-hmm. and that first couple that got attacked, so Jimmy and Mary, mm-hmm. a lot of people were saying that the investigators at the time thought that the two of them were like covering up for the actual killer because when their stories didn't mm-hmm. match up, that kind of like threw them off a little bit. So they were saying like, they probably knew who it was, but wanted to cover for them. But, but to why? me, exactly. That's why I don't believe in this theory. I, when I was reading it, I was confused too. I was like, what? Why? That doesn't make sense. But because, I mean, the attacks were on them. I know if somebody attacked me, I'm not covering for nobody. Exactly. I don't care who I'm it is. on everybody. Okay? <laughs> like, no, we're not going to do that. Like, I, anybody in their right mind would never do nothing like that. I'm not saving anybody. I'm sorry. I agree. So I don't, I don't support that theory at all. I don't know who even made up that theory. It was on Reddit. Okay, of course. <laughs> if it was on Reddit, then. <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't support that theory at all. I don't think that happened. Yeah, I don't think so either. But I'm with you. I think he probably have moved um, yeah. or has moved and or did move since it's 76 years later. He's possibly not alive. But, but how were they able to even, because he had on a pillowcase. How were they able to even get, like, a description of how he looked as far as, you know, his skin color? Skin well, color. because I guess, I mean, we don't know if he was wearing gloves or what, True. but I guess just, like, seeing his hand color or wrist color or arm color. or it had to be something. Something yeah, that kind sure. of. And all we know is that he was dark-skinned. I mean, whether he was a light-skinned African or whether he was a dark-skinned right. skinned male or white male, we don't know. But he was dark-skinned, and that's all we kind of He could have never even been dark-skinned, you know. It, I mean, he, it was dark outside, so I exactly. mean, they probably could have been even, anybody. It yeah. really could have been anybody. Buddy. Yeah. So. I agree. But something is just telling me that he is a white male. I don't think know so? why. Yeah, and I think that he's in his 30s. Something's just giving me that. Because it fits the memo. Yeah, it fits, fits the, the memo. memo. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I just he and I hate to, to be... say it that way, but you know, just being honest. Yeah. You know, uh, and he probably had like a you know a, a terrible upbringing. Yeah. And um, you know, he probably made better of his life, but you know that that childhood still haunted him, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what pushed him to do this. That's just my theory. Yeah, that's Again, just a theory. Th- these are not. This is not confirmed anywhere. This is just my theory, but right. What do you guys think? Do you yeah. guys think that um, the Phantom Killer is still alive? Do you think that he was ever caught? Um, tell us your thoughts yeah. in the comments below Please of do. whatever platform you're listening to us on, or you can message us and text us if you know us personally, so we know <laughs> what you're thinking. Uh, uh, we're definitely getting a lot are. of texts. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> we got a lot of texts on the Yoga Shop murders and the disappearance yes. of Tasha Wright. Thank so you guys I am so much. Yeah, <laughs> we appreciate y'all's feedback on the case itself and. Um, our podcast in general. We yes. like to kind of see what you guys are thinking. So definitely let us know. Absolutely. Um, so with that being said, I wanted to kind of uh, give you guys um, a couple of reminders. Yes. Um, so <laughs> a couple of ways to support us. So definitely tell your friends. Tell your, Tell your mom, your dad, your friends, your, your you neighbor, know, your neighbor, your coworker, your coworker, your boss, your boss. <laughs> <laughs> Tell everyone, everybody <laughs> share on all of your social media. So that's Twitter, Facebook. I don't know. Uh, Instagram, Snapchat, Pinterest, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and soon to be TikTok <laughs> and, and TikTok. Yes. <laughs> Um, share on all of your social medias and please subscribe and follow us on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Mm-hmm. So whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcast, or YouTube. And soon to be Stitcher. Yes. <laughs> um, this will qualify you for a shout out. So please go and do this right now. Right now. What are you waiting for? Right now. Um, when you subscribe and follow, you will get an immediate notification of our latest episode release. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're listening to us on Spotify, you can just click on that follow button at the top left corner right start sorry <laughs> <laughs> Woo. 
talking too much today on this podcast. Okay, so <laughs> click on the follow button on the top left corner right below our default photo. And then you can click on the bell button icon next to the follow button to turn on the notifications. Um, it's the same thing with YouTube. Just click on subscribe and um, it's at the top right corner and then click on the bell icon to get an immediate notification of all of our future uploads. And lastly, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, click on the top right plus sign symbol to start following us and getting a notification on our episode releases. Let's get into it, y'all. Yeah. And then something else that you can do to help support us is leave us a rating and a review on the platform that you use to listen to us on. Um, that will help us kind of get our um, podcast out to the feeds of other true crime listeners, yes, such as you. Yes, absolutely. So please do that. Give us a rating, um, and that will help us a lot. Thank y'all so much for supporting us. We definitely appreciate y'all tuning in every week. Uh, we definitely appreciate the shares and the likes and the ratings yes. and the subscribers we love all that y'all continue to support us y'all we're still growing we're still building an audience and we love talking to you guys and we love bringing these cases to you guys so please continue to support us yes. and we will not <laughs> disappoint you yes so we're gonna keep doing this we love doing this so um thank you guys so much we can't do it without you guys thank you see you next episode see ya goodbye bye